Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The preseason is in the books for the Indianapolis Colts, but there's still plenty to talk about in Colts country. How did Anthony Richardson progress throughout the preseason? What's the latest on Jonathan Taylor and his trade request? And what about those roster cuts that are happening tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and colleague at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, it was, I wouldn't say it was a non-eventful weekend. Uh, certainly today has, has been eventful, especially for us over at Horseshoe Huddle, which thank you all so much for all of your support uh, over over this month of August has truly been absolutely amazing. But we're, we're, we're near, it's less than two weeks until the Colts take the field against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know Anthony Richardson's going to be out there, but will Jonathan Taylor be out there next to him? How are you doing, Drake? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm excited to, to say that the preseason is officially behind us all. And um, unfortunately, just it's the, it's the product of waiting so long in the NFL for the regular season to start. But now there's a week to wait. You know, you, you, you got to wait an extra week. But, um, I hey, man, I'm excited to talk about Anthony Richardson. I'm excited to talk about his his uh, performance in the preseason. And, of course, we'll dive into the Jonathan Taylor uh, news. But that's going to be that's going to be afterward. Right. We're going to obviously we'll start out. We got a lot of things to talk about. Shout oh, yeah. out to to my wife, Danielle Moore, with the first super sticker of the evening. She also says you need to move your Colt stuff. I can't see it. So, yes, I did. <laughs> I am in the middle of rearranging my office. So. 
There it right is. Right there is all is all the Colts stuff on the Colts walk. My, my big head is is blocking it, but hey, I, I appreciate it uh, to Danielle. And then we have Lawrence Stogner with his suit uh, with his super chat uh, of two dollars. Thank you so much, Lawrence. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to highlight Lawrence's comment from earlier. Sup, gents? I'm very excited to watch the Colts this year. Think I'm a Papa Court when they ship JT out. Steichen wants volunteers. It, I mean, and it could be as soon as tomorrow hey it might even break in the middle of our episode tonight which would be wild uh don't don't think so but but we'll see want to also give a shout out uh to nathan comancy who's in here earlier uh we made a lot of roster cuts colts are currently at 66 we'll talk about those roster cuts uh later in the show bring the juice appreciate the support from the bring the juice pod uh definitely go check those guys out they they're hard at work trying to bring you guys colts content appreciate the support nfl nerd are we taking this deadline seriously probably should use air quotes when saying deadline as it pertains to the jonathan taylor situation so we'll definitely talk about that and a lot more stats matt is already in here can we get tomorrow over with and move on already i feel like a lot of colts fans are feeling that way as well but let's let's dive into it oh and then before before we, we got two more in the comments uh we got joe Denman, uh, as always here, and then the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Wire. His plan on where to take over the country is behind him. Classic. So let's let's dive right in. If you haven't cl- uh, done so already, please follow us on all of our social medias. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on Twitter, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live, so you never miss an episode or a chance to be in the chat. And if you can't. Catch Catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review. So, Drake, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's dive right in. We're going to start out with Anthony Richardson and the progress that he has made throughout the preseason. So we haven't talked to you guys on the Horseshoe Huddle podcast since the Colts played the Eagles, came out with a W in Philadelphia. Anthony Richardson and the starters played almost uh, played an entire half uh, there in Philadelphia, and and Richardson had had again some really good, some really good, some bad highs and lows. Just kind of what we what we can expect out of this rookie quarterback. Six for seventeen for seventy eight yards, five carries for thirty eight yards. Um, he had some throws where he looked really, really good, Drake. Other times he he missed his wide receivers, seemed like his 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 footwork wasn't there. But I think you could really see how much his running ability is going to affect opposing defenses. Yes, it wasn't against the starters for the Eagles, but at the same time, they're still NFL players, and the Colts weren't exactly trying to scheme anything either. So uh, taking that, all that into account and, and after – taking a few days to digest that game. What are your thoughts about his performance against the Philadelphia Eagles last Saturday night, or I'm sorry, last Thursday night? Uh, I don't think that the numbers really, if you look at the numbers for face value and you you happen to miss the game, you, you really have to go back and look at the highlights at least because they don't really reflect how much and how well he played. Uh, you know, I thought he was able to navigate the pocket per usual. He's been doing that very well. He did a great job of getting out, running in space, throwing on the run. Um, I still think he needs to get acquainted to the speed of the NFL defense because he almost threw a pick six early in the game. Uh, the Eagles definitely 
pretty much, I think, I can't remember who it was, but the defensive back ran the route for the wide receiver and he still threw it anyway. He was like right on his hip. So he's got to adjust to the NFL defense, but he only took one sack from a team that was really bringing the pressure at times. Um, but a few passes were also dropped, which again, we got to look into the, you know, outside of the numbers. Josh Downs had a, a, a rare drop. Alec Pierce, while he's had a great, he had a great training camp. He's kind of struggled a little bit in the preseason. You know, you look for those things to probably iron themselves out, but he had a drop or two. So um, a couple passes were probably supposed to be caught, but overall, you know, you got to be happy. I mean, we, we said this would be the biggest test that he would face. I don't care if it's second and third string. Those again, the Colts had a unique situation. The bills played their second and third stringers and the, the Eagles did too, but they have some of the best depth on defense in the league, you know, on, opposite ends of the conferences. So I thought that given the situation and given a couple drops here and there, I thought that Anthony Richardson actually played pretty well against Philly. Yeah, and I think even against the Bills, the Bills played their starters for that that first couple series. Oh, that's even right. After, they did. Even after Richardson kind of settled in after that early interception. But no, I, I mean, I thought there was definitely parts that he could improve on. Obviously, if, if you didn't watch the game and, and you look at that six for, for 17, immediately you're you're like, whoa, what what happened there? It's not a good completion percentage. Well, you gotta kind of you gotta kind of look at the his box score doesn't necessarily tell the tape of, of how he played. The Colts really didn't try a lot of a lot of dink and dunk stuff, a lot of underneath stuff. The Colts were really trying to open things up with deep shots to Alec Pierce, uh, throwing it deep to, to Michael Pittman and Josh Downs, really trying to, to stretch things out. But we saw what he could do. He hit Kylan Granson over the middle a couple times. Kylan Granson has had a really good preseason entering his third year, which is great for that tight end room. We saw Drew Ogletree connect with, with Anthony Richardson, Michael Pittman, um, but but we really saw the running ability come out and and just how he freezes defenses, which is a, which allowed Deion Jackson and and Evan Hall to really make hay, especially in the red zone area. I think that's where we really saw it because teams were so afraid Anthony Richardson was going to take off and run that it allowed those running backs to to go through some of those holes created by the offensive line. Which again, that starting offensive line did not look too shabby especially over on that left side with Bernard Ryman and Quentin Delson. I'm telling you what, Bernard Ryman is going to have a breakout season. I've been screaming about it since the spring. He's putting that into fruition. His PFF grades have been fantastic, and he's looked it too in the film. But I digress. Anthony Richardson, I, I think, settled in well. Yes, definitely a lot to clean up. Yes, there are still accuracy things that he needs to continue to work through and continue to improve on. But at the same time, again, it didn't look too big for him. And this is what this year is going to be all about. The ups and downs, learning how to how to really do all of that and, and, and kind of learn from his mistakes, learn from that NFL game, and just continue to improve throughout the season. Well, and there's there's been so many like new things on this team, along with this new quarterback who's also inexperienced in his own right. And the fact that he's been able, especially with the tight ends, I have been just on uh, on the top of a mountain screaming, get the tight ends involved. And you've seen that. And holy cow, Drew Ogletree, he caught a pass and he 
basically barely even lowered his shoulders and ran over a Philadelphia uh, Eagles second uh, like defender. I don't know which cornerback it was, but good Lord, man, that dude packs a punch when he's got that football. So, I mean, maybe that's a guy that he starts throwing to. But, yeah, Granson and Ogletree, boy, they looked really good with Richardson. And uh, it's just nice to see him throwing to your running backs, throwing to the wide receivers, throwing to the tight ends. He's not focusing in and eyeing in one guy. He's legitimately looking – for the open passes and going through his progressions, he's going to miss throws. That's just what this whole thing is about. That's why Steichen's in the building is to clean that up. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I again, there's a lot of things he's got to he's got to polish up. Please, everyone, I'll say this every episode till he plays. Temper your expectations. I know that everyone wants to think he's going to win a Super Bowl. You got to be patient. You're at times you're going to be like, "Ooh, that was bad." You got to think long term. Those things are going to get cleaned up, and you kind of saw that as the game went along too. Shout out to the Finns tailgate channel. Yeah, uh, dolphins. Says, hit, the, hit the like button. Great channel. We really appreciate you tuning in. The Colts and the Dolphins, obviously, the two are are have been reported to be in heated discussions for Jonathan Taylor. So it's nice that a, a, a Dolphins channel tuning in tonight. But and, and going back onto Anthony Richardson, I want to highlight this from Stats Matt. Also keeping his eyes downfield when scrambling and not looking to run. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that really has stood out to me is when Anthony Richardson has taken off, he isn't immediately like looking at his first read, Drake, and if it's not there, he's taking off and trying to run. He's going through his progressions. He only gets outside the pocket when the pressure starts to get to him but when he does he still keeps his eyes down the field looking to pass first and and run second so when you look at the stats as a whole for his two preseason outings 13 of 29 which equals about 45 percent completion percentage 145 yards with that interception against the bills and then seven carries for 45 yards so again not not stats that that light the world on fire by by any means but again the, the the stats don't tell the story with how Anthony Richardson has performed in these first two preseason games, in my opinion. So, Drake, when you talk, when you think about how he performed against the Eagles and then going all the way back to, to how he did in his first action against the Bills, really how how have you like what have you liked his progression through this preseason? Have you seen the progression? Do you wish there was more there? Kind of explain your thinking. Uh, yeah, real quick, uh, we got a new guy. Uh, I believe it's Ali Da Persian. Uh, thank you so much for the wonderful comment. Really appreciate you jumping in here. Um, I I do. I did see. I did see improvement. Now you look at the Bills game. I think he was seven for twelve. Then you look at the. Then you look at the Eagles game, and he was six for seventeen. Okay, you, you might think, oh, regression. No, not at all. I I, I think that he played a. a I think that he played a good game. I think that he's shown signs of improvement as he's taken snaps and had drives. One, two areas stick out to me. In the Bills game, he threw a pick, a bad interception, that gave Buffalo incredible field position. Turns around, leads a scoring drive. Okay, then go into the Eagles game. Colts have a rough start. They punt the football. Eagles turn it over on downs. Then what happens? Anthony Richardson at quarterback leads a scoring drive and Deion Jackson punches it in for a score. Like, so this is a guy that above all, we've talked about mental, 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 because he's got the physicals. He's got the arm strength. He's going to learn how to throw better. He's got to learn to take some pepper off some of those throws because some of them are just ridiculous how hard he throws the ball. And these guys are 10, 10 yards away. And I mean, it could puncture a metal sheet with how hard this guy <laughs> throws. So he needs to, he needs to dial that back. But 
that's that's just going to come with form and teaching. It's all up here. You can't teach this. You have to try to develop what he already has. Man, this guy recovers from making big mistakes. That is huge for a guy as inexperienced as he is. I I I just really like the way that he's been able to bounce back from having you know mistakes, and he doesn't really tend to make the same ones. You're still going to see inaccuracy at times, and you're going to see you know hiccups here and there. But he just seems like he's slowly making an uptick. You know, no matter what he does, he, he's always trying to forward his thinking and forward his play and become more efficient with the football. I agree. And I think the biggest thing for me that I've gathered throughout the preseason, I think I know I've said this multiple times, but the moment just hasn't been too big for Anthony Richardson. I Not mean, at all. He's easily been able to handle everything that has thrown his way. Yes, there's been mistakes. Yes, he could have thrown better, better balls at times. But it hasn't been too big. He's been able to absorb everything very, very quickly. And Shane Steichen talked about it after the Eagles game on that throw that was on an absolute rope to Kylan Granson over towards that left side. That that wasn't what the play was originally supposed to be. Anthony Richardson audibled out of that, checked it at the line of scrimmage, got them into that play, and was able to put them in a situation where they could gain 15, 17 yards uh, with an absolutely incredible throw. And then shout out to Kylan Granson for bringing in that rocket, too. It was a great catch. So the mental side we have seen hasn't been too big for him. Obviously, defenses are going to take a step up when we get to the regular season because teams will actually be scheming against Anthony Richardson. They'll be showing him one thing pre-snap and another post-snap. So that's obviously going to be an adjustment period for Anthony Richardson. But Shane Steichen and his offense are going to be scheming too. He's going to be working to get Anthony Richardson easy throws, easy completions to get him into that rhythm to get the Colts moving down the field. So I've really liked his progression. I, I think he has shown me that he is more than ready to be the starting quarterback for this Indianapolis Colts team. And that's all I really wanted to see this preseason is if it was too big for him, it obviously isn't. And, and can he handle and command this offense? And he has shown that he can do that. So with all of that combined, now you just got to let him go out there, make his mistakes, uh, have his very high highs, which I know that there's going to be, have his low moments as well, and just allow him to learn from that. So, but with that being said, obviously, I mean, he is going to be a rookie coming into this season. Do you have any concerns, Drake, moving forward with Anthony Richardson at quarterback or or any concerns uh, for him as, as we get closer to week one in less than two weeks? I mean, look, I, I love what he's done, but absolutely there's concerns. I mean, he's he's so young and so raw. I mean, there's going to be concerns. I think that as he starts to play those number one defenses consistently, um, uh, he's got – I'll go back to it. He's got to take velocity off that football. He's got to adjust his throws to short – like short power, intermediate power, deep passing power. He treats it all like it's deep. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so he's going to have to try, try to mitigate that. Cause if he throws it too hard, you're going to see balls bounce right off receivers hands up into the air for easy interceptions. That's going to have to be number one. Uh, he still tries to throw into coverage at times. He trusts his arm. You got to love the confidence, but he will still try to force that ball thinking that he can outpace a defensive player. And he's got to remember this isn't college. This is the NFL. They're going to take that back on you as in, against Philly. It almost happened. So he was this close to having to run down a defensive player for a touchdown, but he's just got to continue working on footwork, continue working on the fundamentals, work on your release and work on the accuracy. These are all things, the good news for Colts fans, these are all things that can be ironed out with good coaching, good pacing, and 
and, and understanding that this is what is going to happen. It's going to be a long process. You're not going to get a finished product with this guy until 2024, or 2025. Okay. Maybe even a little bit later than that. So you just got to be, you got to temper expectations and just let him get through these mistakes. Patience is going to be the key with Huge. Anthony Richardson all season Huge. long. So as we wrap up talking about Anthony Richardson today, what was your overall grade for his performance this preseason? Uh, I, I think that I would give him, I had a B, but I'll even say a B plus because he's so unbelievably inexperienced. I've never seen a guy that's been drafted with such a small sample of starting at quarterback, but man, he he's, I think that he's done just fine. I think that he looks composed, calm. I think that he's the guy that you always worry about with rookies. Are they going to get in their head if they make mistakes? Clearly, this isn't going to be the case. Clearly, he's going to bounce back from it. So that was my biggest worry. I'd give him a B plus. I think that as he starts to get acquainted to the offense, acquainted with his teammates, and starts to get a feel for what real NFL defenses play like, he's just going to improve. I think he's an incredibly smart kid, 4.0 GPA in college. He understands football, and he's got an incredible offensive mind coaching him and teaching him along the way, along with other guys like JBC and Cam Turner. So a B plus is a very solid grade for Anthony Richardson. Yep, that's that's where I'm at. B plus to B. And and I think that's if with if Anthony Richardson can hold that grade throughout the his rookie season, the Colts are going to be just fine and they'll live with that. And and again, he's, he's going to have moments where Anthony L Richardson looks like an absolute superstar in this league. There's going to be other moments and other games where he's going to really struggle. That's just a, being a rookie in the NFL. But again, it's how he comes back from those mistakes. It's how he improves week to week. And you can see that steady progression throughout the season as he gets more comfortable in Shane Steichen's offense, more comfortable to life and, and just playing in the NFL and, and everything that comes with that. So yeah, B to B plus. I thought it was a very solid preseason for Anthony Richardson. He showed me that everything that, that I needed to see in order for him to be the starting quarterback and me be comfortable with him leading this team from day one. Now it's just going about that, going out there, getting the guys around him and helping him develop as quickly as they can. And that's, that's what Shane Steichen, Anthony Richardson, and this entire Colts team will be trying to do over the next four months. So, but apart from Anthony Richardson, obviously the biggest storyline all off season and all summer has been Jonathan Taylor. And now things are seemingly coming to a head. So we are getting closer to the self-imposed timeline uh, that the Colts put on Jonathan Taylor and his agent Malkikawa to find a trade partner. Uh, the, the, the deadline that they put was 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on Tuesday. That coincides with when roster cutdowns take place. So as of as of right now, the the Colts are in negotiations with two teams. Uh, we know that the Miami Dolphins have put in an offer. There is another team out there that is in the mix as well. Uh, I have an idea of who it is, but I haven't been able to confirm it. So I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to give that name out on the show until I can confirm it. But uh, it looks like things are are. Uh, it seems like the Dolphins are the most interested team right now, Drake. And it makes sense. Uh, I, I remember I was actually on a, on a Twitter space. I, I refuse. I refuse to say X space. So twi <laughs> a, a Twitter space uh, uh, talking with uh, some some Dolphins uh, writers, content creators and stuff like that. And they were just really interested to hear about uh, our thoughts. 
it, it's a perfect fit. I mean, they're one piece away from a, a potential deep playoff run. And I think that a guy like Jonathan Taylor could be that dude. Um, but look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of teams that could benefit from Jonathan Taylor. There's there's teams, I, I guarantee you, there's at least two teams no one's even heard about that no one's talking about. Uh, kind of like when Matt Stafford was supposed to be a Colt, here come the Los Angeles Rams to take him away. Like, no one talked about that. So ever since that happened, I was like, look, I never just believe it for face value that one or two teams is interested in a player of this ability. So um, while the Dolphins seem to be the front runner right now because they make the most sense, that does not mean that's where he's going to end up. And it also doesn't mean he's going to be traded at all. So I do think, though, the Dolphins make the most sense. They're like one player away from potentially competing with the Bills for you know to take the AFC East. Right, man, and uh, it's funny that you mentioned the Rams because they have been one of the teams most interested in Jonathan Taylor throughout this process, and the Rams very well could be that second team that is kind of in in contention for Jonathan Taylor's services. So, and, and people might ask, why haven't the Colts? If the Colts have an offer that they like, why haven't they traded him yet? Well, there's two reasons for that. The more teams you get involved, the more chance there is for for a bidding war for Jonathan Taylor's services. Uh, and and at this point, what, there's really no need to trade him right now when, as they get closer to the deadline, it can cause more and more teams like the Dolphins or the Rams to say, well, we need to – what's something that we can add just a little sweetener to get this thing over the finish line to ensure – that we're the ones that end up with Jonathan Taylor at the end of this. So uh, while it may seem like there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I really want this to be to be done and, and over with, or I don't think the Colts are going to trade Jonathan Taylor at all. At 4 p.m., and, and we talked about that, uh, I forget who it was at the very beginning, um, it was, let me go right back here, NFL nerd talking about the deadline. Seriously, it, it is a deadline for the Colts the, because the Colts, if, if they can't find a trade that they like by then, they're, they're not going to entertain trade talks anymore for Jonathan Taylor. And, and they will say to Jonathan Taylor and his agent, you are no longer allowed to speak with other teams to to try to find a, a trade partner so that is the deadline that the colts have set doesn't mean that the colts can't trade him later in the season but just at this time they, they wouldn't be accepting any more trade offers so as we get closer to this it does seem like there will be a resolution uh tomorrow and and if jonathan taylor does get traded uh, drake and i will be live tomorrow night to, to break it all down for sure so make sure you tune into that um but but yeah, that's that's kind of what the the deadline is all about. It's not a deadline by NFL rules, but it's a deadline for the, that the Colts have set. Meaning, either find a trade that that or a trade partner that will meet our demands by that time, or there's not going to be a trade for the foreseeable future at least. Yeah, and look, you know they've got the they've got the regular season right around the corner. They want to they want to get to to the roster cuts. You know they they want to be focused on because it's so difficult to cut people. It's not easy to do that, especially when it's like a you know a neck and neck race for a, a spot on the team. So they want to focus on that. They don't want to focus on this. So setting that deadline makes perfect sense because they want to get this figured out. They want to know is there is Jonathan Taylor going to be a part of this fifty three man roster because that's huge. Because if he's not. That's an entire other body they have to replace him with. So they need to figure this out. So I can absolutely understand why they set that deadline. And I, I think that if anything happens, it's going to kind of – I think we talked about it earlier. It's it's probably going to be like 1 or 2 p.m. <laughs> tomorrow right up to the last second. So don't hold your breath. It, it, there's a really good chance that if something happens at all, it's not going to happen.
No, it'll, it'll probably happen tomorrow, tomorrow when the deadline gets close within within the couple hours. And and here's the thing, too, with with this whole this whole Jonathan Taylor saga is that especially when, when it comes to the Dolphins, like th- these talks have been going on for a while now. So the Colts actually rejected and I have this on good authority. The Colts actually rejected the Dolphins first uh, first offer. So they have been going back and forth where the Colts, the, the, for the what the Dolphins first offered was not to the equivalent of what a first round pick would be. And the Colts said, we're not even going to start there. We, you have to at least be in that ballpark of a first round pick or an equivalent to a first round pick. Otherwise, we are not going to to entertain any of those talks. So obviously, the Dolphins have gotten a little bit closer to that because there is still currently an offer on the table. The Colts haven't said no to it yet, but it, it, it's not to the point where the Colts want it to be. So as again as we get closer to this deadline deadlines always spur action so it's going to be kind of who box first do the dolphins kind of up the ante a little bit and add a sweetener do the rams come in and and swoop in and 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 give the offer that the colts want do the colts just end up taking the best that they can get regardless if it's a first round equivalent or not or is it or is this all for for talk and and when we get to 4 p.m eastern tomorrow jonathan taylor may still be a colt and to your point drake about him being on the active roster if jonathan taylor still hasn't come off the uh, the pup list now there's no reason to think that jonathan taylor is going to come off the pup list if he's not traded he will probably revert to the reserve uh physically unable to perform list and then he would be out at least the first four games with the colts this season yeah, and that's that's a whole other wrinkle uh, because I know that people may get excited if he doesn't find a suitor, but it's all still hinging for the Colts. If he stays, if he stays on the Colts, then it's even more important than ever that PUP designation because if it sticks and it stays and he still can't, you know, get healthy, you're not going to see him for the first couple games of the year. So uh, a, a whole other you know side of this giant dramatic situation. So. Uh, we're just going to have to see what the next, I think it's, um, let me see. I think it's like 20 hours we'll present before the deadline. Yeah. Yes. 20 hours. So that's, it doesn't see, it, it seems like a long time. It really isn't. <laughs> it's it, not it, very long at all. <laughs> it's not. And, and as we get closer to this deadline, Drake, I'm, I'm going to ask you just point blank. Do you think Jonathan Taylor is traded by that 4 PM deadline? I, I, I really do. I, I think that he's going to find – I think that it's not because the Colts want to trade him, right? I think that someone's going to want him so bad they're going to give what the Colts what they desire. I don't know if it's going to be a first-round pick. I think it's going to be more if it happens on the side of the, the package that equates to a first-rounder. Um, there's teams that are just on the cusp, and even teams we haven't talked about. I think we heard the Ra- uh, the Ravens. I know that they, they might not they, – you know, there's there's been talks about, well, they don't have the cap space, this and that. Look, if they can move things around to put a guy like Jonathan Taylor in that backfield with Lamar frickin' Jackson and and Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham and Mark Andrews, they're going to do it, okay? Like, they're going to figure this out. That's also – I think the Colts put that asking price so high for two reasons. One, they don't want to give him up. But two, if they do give him up, 
well, they're da- they damn sure as hell are not going to give him up for anything small. So um, th- that's my prediction. I think he gets dealt just because teams can really use him. There's teams that just are one or two pieces away, and this is a big piece to get to the Super Bowl. And you're exactly right. The Colts, uh, obviously, when this whole thing started, the reason they made it a first-rounder equivalent is because – ideally they wouldn't have to trade Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they'd be able to, to keep him. Uh, hey, hey, Taylor gets healthy. He produces and the Colts would be more than willing to, to give him a, a long-term extension. Obviously things aren't working out like that. And Taylor wants his money now and Taylor still isn't healthy either. So at this point, my best educated guess from multiple people that I have talked to, I've been trying to get information pretty much all day is that I think Jonathan Taylor is traded. I think this comes to an end tomorrow. I think Jonathan Taylor is traded by that 4 PM deadline. He will find a a new team. There are teams out there willing to give him a contract extension. Now the Colts just aren't there yet. They want to see if he can produce in Shane Steichen's offense. They want to see how he can handle being with Anthony Richardson. And they want to see him come back healthy and and that's the Colts prerogative as as a team that's Chris Ballard and and Jim Mercedes as the owner and and general manager that's their right whether it's right or wrong only time will tell but as of right now I do think that Jonathan Taylor will not be with the Indianapolis Colts after tomorrow I think he has a new team in the NFL so but Drake As we kind of uh, talk about getting closer to week one, Anthony Richardson starting for the Colts. Will Jonathan Taylor be out there week one for the Colts? Uh, I think all of our fans, and I want to give a shout out to everybody joining us tonight. We have been well over 100 live viewers tonight currently with you guys. So we really do appreciate it. And so does uh, the great people over at the Fans First Sports Network. So guys, obviously, if you're tuning in, you're a fan of the Indianapolis Colts or another NFL team. So would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? Well, you're in luck. Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice. And Drake, here's the kicker, up to $5,000. So it's not just any like $30 tickets up in in the, uh, the, the nosebleeds or anything. You can get four free tickets up to $5,000 a little at a lot of stadiums. That is the first row 50 yard line. You easily be able to score tickets for that. And, and it's pretty incredible. This offer that you know, the people at fans First sports network are putting out for you guys. So guess what the rules, how do you, how do you enter? Very, very simple. All you have to do is go to contest.fansforsports.com. Again, that's contest dot fansforsports.com and fill out the appropriate information that's it that's literally it you don't have to follow anything on social media you don't have to retweet or repost anything all you do is go to contest.fansforsports.com and once you've done that you've been officially registered to win the four free tickets to any week one nfl game what are you waiting for Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action at contest.fansforsports.com. Contest ends Monday, September 4th. So make sure you go there now and get entered to win those four free tickets. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All right, Drake. So we've we've talked about Anthony Richardson. We've talked about Jonathan Taylor. The other big story for the Indianapolis Colts and every other team in the NFL, roster cuts. Roster cuts are upon us. Probably the hardest time for NFL coaches across the league. Literally uh, hundreds of NFL players will be losing their jobs by tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's it's not a fun time for the NFL. Coaches don't want to do this, and and for some players, Drake, this will be their last their last day on an NFL team. They will never play a, a down in the NFL again, which is just the sad part of all of this. So uh, it's it's a very heart wrenching time for these coaches, but it's it's part of the business of the NFL. So let's let's dive into what the Colts have done so far, Drake. So uh, as of seven thirty five p.m. Eastern today, here are all the col- the cuts that the Colts have made. Running back Kenyon Drake, wide receiver Brashad Perriman, wide receiver James Washington wide receiver Tyler Adams, wide receiver Cody Case. So a lot of wide receivers there. Tight ends Nick Eubanks and Michael Jacobson. Offensive tackle Matthew Vanderslice, guard Amila Kior, guard Dakota Shepley. Then moving to the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive tackle Caleb Sampson, linebacker Donovan Mutton, safety tease Tabor, and kicker Lucas Haversick. Uh, so those are all the cuts that they have made so far. There's going to be more to come tomorrow for the Colts to get down to that 53-man mark uh, for the regular season. So out of those guys that I just mentioned, Drake, were there any surprises there in your mind? You know, there were two. Um, Brashad Perriman, 
That was a surprise to me. And Donovan, uh, is it Mutton? Mutton, yes. Mutton. Those were surprises. And the reason they were surprises is, I know Brashad Perriman, you mentioned something. Uh, you, you nailed it uh, when you posted earlier about it, that he really didn't show. He didn't like show himself out in camp at all. He wasn't. You weren't like, well, there's Brashad Perriman with a big play. You weren't saying that, but mm-hmm. I just feel like his skill set being such a deep threat, the dude averages almost 17 yards a catch in his career. Okay, like this guy is a deep threat. So I figured he would be a perfect fit for Richardson. Didn't pan out. I don't think that he was a good fit for the offense. Maybe not Richardson, but for the offense, he wasn't a good fit. And and Mutton had a good offseason. I thought he had moments in camp where you were pretty excited um, but you know, again, there's a lot of players. There's like 90 players. They got to cut 37 of these guys. That's a lot of people you got to get rid of. So I understand it. It, it does kind of surprise me though, because I feel like linebackers a position where they might need some depth, but again, you got guys like Grant Stewart. Maybe they're like, look, this dude's a dog. Maybe he's the guy, maybe Jojo Doman's the guy. Um, but those two surprised me. Those, those two stood out. Yeah, Brashad Perriman, I thought when the Colts signed him, he might have had a chance to to make the roster as a backup. But as of right now, it seems like those guys that are on the back end of the roster for that wide receiver spot, especially with Ashton Doolin out for the season, those guys are going to have to be special teamers. So like Isaiah McKenzie, uh, he while he may not be the starting slot anymore, McKenzie is the Colts' top return man, and he will have an impact on special teams. In my 53-man roster prediction, the reason I that's the reason I put Jawan Winfrey as the guy that makes it as that fifth wide receiver is because of his help on special teams. So that's definitely what the Colts are looking for for those back end of the roster players. It's how it's always been under Chris Ballard and will continue to be. Um, one, one guy that I did want to, to kind of point out, though, Drake, is a guy that we were pretty high on and thought he could possibly even take that starting spot at right guard. That's Emil Akior. Uh, Emil Akior just did not pan out with the Colts signed as an undrafted free agent. And we thought he, with his, his pedigree at Alabama, I mean, it was, he was projected to be around a fourth or a fifth round pick in this year's draft. That medical issue popped up at the combine, which allowed him to become an undrafted free agent. And he really did just, he just did not pan out. I don't think he ever got higher than, than third team on the Colts offensive line. And when we saw him in preseason action, it just, it just really was not impressive. Yeah. And, and he, he really struggled. He struggled like you would expect an undrafted free agent to, but this guy was quote unquote projected before that hard issue to be a fourth rounder. Uh, I did want to point out, we've had a Dolph, we've had a Dolphins uh account in here and now we have it looks like a jaguars account saying hi little ponies how you doing we're doing great and we're doing even better now knowing that uh we have some divisional rivalry in here supporting us so thank you so much for checking us out but uh but yeah look amila kior everybody is just so ready for a solution at right guard that they were just mm-hmm. like, this guy's going to work out. He was a fourth rounder. He was a diamond in the rough. It's it's going to be just like Josh Downs when he fell to the Colts and Darius Rush and Jalen Jones. They all fell. Well, there's a reason uh, now looking back while Emile Kior fell. And it, it was a little bit of the health issue, but I think it was more so that teams just felt like he wasn't ready for NFL speed. Right. And now after, I mean, with all those guys already cut and was still more to come, there very well could be some surprising cuts, some guys that just are on that very edge that that aren't able to make it that the Colts are hoping to bring back into into onto, onto the roster and on the practice squad. So, Drake, which 
which cut are you expecting that's going to be a little bit surprising or, or might not be something Colts fans expect? All right, so there's two. Um, both of them are, are going to make me sad to say, but I think that Titus Leo is a potential mm-hmm. cut. And the reason that makes me sad is because, man, has he had a great preseason. I mean, he's just been all over the field. He, he, he started the play that resulted in a pick six from Darius Rush. He's put pressure on the quarterback. He's done solid in run defense. He's come off the edge fast and quick like they expected him to. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of competition at defensive end. I think that they're gonna they're, they're gonna bring in um, or they're gonna be bringing a lot um, of an of an importance on defensive end pressure because they didn't have a lot of pass rush last season. So I do think there's gonna be a way that he doesn't make the roster. But also Will Mallory, I, I, I think Will Mallory that one probably hurts me the most to say uh, because I think Kylan Granson's the guy. I think Kylan Granson's that move tight end. I don't think you need two. Um, I think that they've got Andrew Ogletree, who's the do-it-all tight end. you got Mo, who's the vet. You've got Jelani, who's the starter. Um, and then you've got Kylan Granson, who is Will Mallory, only with experience and understands the offense. And Richardson's been just hitting him like a tight end one. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, those are probably the two surprise cuts that could happen that I wouldn't be surprised if I saw yeah, and and that's that's one that I really grappled with today, Drake, when I was putting my piece together is is Will Mallory on that at that tight end spot because honestly, I thought he I think he has had a fantastic preseason he and he, he's a really good move tight end and he's got potential. But when you look, Kylan Granson does a lot of the same things that Will Mallory does, and going into year three, Kylan Granson has looked really really good. A healthy Drew Ogletree does a lot of the same things. A former wide receiver, Drew Ogletree, does a lot of those same things. So he can be that backup move tight end that you're talking about. I still think Moali Cox makes the roster because outside of him, he's there's the Colts really don't have a blocky tight end. You could say Jelani Woods uh, can evolve into that, but he's not there yet. Moali Cox still offers the best blocking tight end for the Colts right now. So if I had to pick a tight end that I think Will Mallory would replace, it would be Mo Cox, but I, I still think the Colts need a blocking tight end, and we know it's not going to be Farrell Brown, okay? That ship has sailed. So I do think Mo Cox sneaks in, makes the roster. He's that veteran presence in that young tight end room, and he's going to end up being that blocking tight end in Shane Steichen's offense. Yeah, and that's uh, – we can kind of transition because I know that next week we're going to talk about who we think is a surprise to make the roster. Well, that's mine. Mm-hmm. Is everyone's been talking – look, every <laughs> – it's a tough business, all right? It's it's cutthroat at times. It seems that way. But when we cover when we cover teams, as Pat McAfee said, you're a prisoner of the moment, okay? There's been multiple times where I've thought – Mo isn't worth of the contract. Mo doesn't, he hasn't even had a hundred catches since 2017 when he became an Indianapolis Colt. Okay. Mo this, Mo that I'm going to play on the other side of things. He also hasn't had any consistency at quarterback. He's had three coaches. Okay. He's been, I think, utilized in weird ways outside of when Nick Sirianni was the offensive coordinator and Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. That's when Mo actually started looking like he was going to do something in the NFL. So I think that's the guy who makes the roster, and I think he makes the roster because they want Richardson to throw to vets at the tight end position. They want him to be surrounded by it because it's a young team already. you got to value the veterans you have. you got to really hold on to those guys and cherish them. And even though I've been a big, a big supporter of Mo getting cut, 
looking looking at the situation now, it makes sense that he will stay, and it makes sense because he may minus Farrell Brown be the best blocking tight end on the roster. Yeah, and I've I've got two. I, I think I think one is JoJo Doman, who I think he makes the roster just because he adds again solid depth at linebacker, and he's a special teams ace. That's what the Colts are going to look for. And then my my other surprise is Tony Brown. Tony Brown is going to be that backup nickel to Kenny Moore. He has been for a couple years, and with Ashton Doolin out for the year. Guys, this makes a difference. That gunner spot is going to be much more valuable for the Colts to try to fill. And Tony Brown has experience at gunner and has been one of the starters at gunner for the Colts all preseason long. So I think Tony Brown makes the roster. He and Jalen Jones will probably be those those gunners on the outside. So those are the some guys that maybe you aren't looking for that 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 will end up making the roster, I think. But I know the Colts, it's going to be tough. I, I do think it's going to be tough for the Colts to get Will Will Mallory onto the uh, onto the practice squad, but I think the Colts are going to try their best because, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe we, uh, they surprise me and actually keep Will Mallory on the 53 and 53 man roster. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty, pretty insane. But I, I do think I do think we can all agree on this. The Colts are definitely going to be active uh, in the waiver market because oh, there's going to yeah. be depth of, of the offensive line that needs to be added. Uh, you could see some, uh, maybe a, a Jawan Winfrey is kept, but there's another wide receiver added for the back of the roster. Um, certainly the running back market could be scoured as, as well. The Colts, because they were so bad last year, they have the fourth waiver priority. Uh, when, when all these cuts take place. So if a team has a higher waiver priority than another team and they're both putting claims for the same player, the team with the higher waiver priority will get that player. So I have a feeling that the Colts are going to use that to their advantage. And just because these got uh, the, the final cuts are made tomorrow at four, I don't know. I don't see that being the final roster for week one. I think the Colts are going to be very, very active and, and make some changes to add some guys, especially for the depth reason. And, and I, I would look at offensive line as that top priority. Yeah. And you know, uh, we had a busy day today, but I have a feeling it's going to be a busy day tomorrow too, because look I, the Colts, the Colts have been waiting patiently for I think this exact moment right here, and you've already seen a cut. I think uh, it was Dunn. I think um, Dunn D U N N. I, I believe he's one of the Michael uh, like, Dunn. Yeah, like that's that's a name that's already been like go sign him, go sign him, go sign him. These guys that are getting cut, I've I've already seen people kind of like say, well, do you want someone that gets cut? Look, just because they weren't a fit somewhere else doesn't mean they can't be a fit in Indianapolis because the Colts need depth offensive line desperately. So um, they also need other positions with depth. So don't be surprised if you see them busy tomorrow, busy, busy, busy after that four o'clock deadline. You might even see a flurry of some signings and um, some new names brought to the Colts just to just to see what they can bring from a depth perspective, uh, you know, to multiple positions for the team that really need it. Right, exactly. So make sure you keep it locked in and tuned in to 
horseshoehuddle.com because we will have all the latest moves as soon as they happen uh it just so that way you guys know as soon as the colts make any moves so make sure you keep to keep tuned into horseshoehuddle.com for that so drake let's wrap up the episode and talk about the latest colts news and rumors here there are a few things that that i wanted to get to 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 inform the people about uh number one is shaq leonard shaq leonard dealing with that concussion that he suffered in the joint practices with the bears looks like he is on his way back so Shaq Leonard was back at practice yesterday in a red non-contact jersey which is the last step in the concussion protocol so it looks like that that concussion Shaq Leonard is making a full recovery from that and I would expect would expect him back and ready to go within the next couple of days and then as long as nothing happens no tweaks no setbacks Shaq Leonard will be in that starting lineup week one against the Jaguars. Yeah, and you know, everyone's a little bit skittish just because of the back injury. But look, he has had nothing but progress, 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 progress. And me and Andrew have just been marveling over the fact that we got to see him so much during training camp. So be excited because Shaq Leonard really does. I'm not going to – I don't want to put the expectations too high, but he looks like he is going to be ready for week one for sure. Right. He, he's going to be ready for week one. And, and again, it's going to probably take about a month for him to ramp up in live actual football games. But I, from what I've seen in training camp, Shaquille Leonard is on his way back to being the Shaquille Leonard of old. So that's all very, very good to see. Now, we just talked about the tight end room, Drake, and, and some of the guys that might make it, some that might not. Jelani Woods, uh, we've talked about how the expectations for him have been huge of coming into this season, and he's been really banged up. He's missed almost all of training camp, uh, all of the preseason actions. Well, our buddy Nate Atkins at the Indy Star reported this weekend that Jelani Woods is dealing with a torn hamstring. Um, obviously, the Colts haven't really dug or, or divulged into the severity of it, Shane Steichen did say that he's hoping to have him back sooner rather than later. So it does look like Woods is, is at least getting closer to returning to action, but obviously a torn hamstring isn't good. It's a, it's a, not a season ending injury, but it's definitely an injury that takes quite a long time to, to recover from. So, and with the Colts and their plans for Jelani Woods, especially wanting to get him out there, use that six, seven frame with Anthony Richardson in the passing game. You're hoping Jelani Woods can can make a quick uh, can rejoin this team quickly and and try to be out there for Week One against Jacksonville. Yeah, and I'm not taking down my jersey. I'm not taking down my <laughs> Jelani Woods jersey. Uh, I am quite upset uh, about the, the the injury designation, but you know Nate Atkins, what a guy there at Indy Star, great source. Um, it, it is a little bit disheartening to hear that a guy that has so much potential, and, and you were just like, oh, it's just a tweak, it's just a you know an ache or something. It's a lot worse. Uh, now, the thing is, it can be rehabbed, but I mean, what, what would you think, Andrew? Are you thinking like it could be like week four or five for that injury rehabs? Or I mean, I know it's I know it's not definite, but like generally a torn hamstring, that's like quite a while, isn't it? It all just depends on on the grade. Uh, I mean, if it's just a partial tear, like a grade one, grade two, grade three, it, that's that's really what it all depends on. And it doesn't seem like it, it's going to keep him out for too much longer, the way Shane Steichen has talked. Because usually when, when Shane Steichen talks about these things, that if it's going to be a 
a, an injury that's going to last for a bit longer. He usually says it in, in fewer so words, but he it does sound like he's on the come up. So doesn't it seems like maybe Jelani Woods has turned the corner in that hamstring recovery. It did happen in the third practice of training camp back towards the end of July. So we're already closing in on a month that John Lonnie Woods has been out. So, I mean, his status definitely is up in the air for week one. Uh, but but hopefully it, we can start seeing him back at practice uh, towards either the end of this week or early next week as the Colts prepare for da- Jacksonville. Otherwise, if you don't see that, then I think it's a long shot. Jelani Woods plays in week one, and, and hopefully the next time we, we talk to Shane Steich and we can get a little bit more information about the recovery for Jelani Woods because he's going to be a big asset for the Colts this year and for Anthony Richardson in that passing game. Um, another injury in this one, this one was to a guy that actually wasn't playing too, too bad. He was showing out and, and showing that he could be a solid backup center. Like he has been for the past few years for the Colts, Danny Pinter, unfortunately, Danny Pinter, Shane Steichen confirmed that he is out for the season. Um, Danny Pinter will be going on IR probably tomorrow when the Colts make their final roster moves. He did break his ankle in that game against the Eagles on Thursday night, a tough blow for a kid that is in a contract year as well. And, and was one of the guys that could probably be relied upon while he isn't a great interior offensive lineman um, he's certainly a guy that that you feel comfortable with as that backup center now the Colts will be without Danny Pinter for the 2023 season and look again they they played him at right guard he wasn't a solution there it's a totally different position in the center when they moved him back to center and he got those snaps at that position in the preseason he was playing pretty good. He had a he had more of like a resurgence. So t- that that injury though, you saw him twist and fall to the ground, and you saw his teeth. You saw him just in a lot of pain, and it's just never good to see that. Uh, all that we can say is, you know, number one, the Colts have got to address this now. They've got to address this this missing piece now. But you just hope that Danny Pinter can get back to square one sooner rather than later. And hey, you know what? I'd be just fine with him staying on the Colts. He's a solid backup center, and that's somebody that you want just in case your starter goes down right and and just kind of it reinforces the fact that the Colts need to be looking for interior offensive linemen uh, when cuts are made and to use that waiver priority uh, aggressively so um, to we're going to talk about some of the other injuries that are currently up right now Uh, Mo Alley Cox was not at practice yesterday Um, I'm not not 100% certain if that's, again, with his foot that's been bothering through the preseason or a new injury. Uh, the Colts did not dive into that. Will Fry still dealing with a calf. Zaire Franklin missed practice as well with an undisclosed injury. EJ Speed is currently in the concussion protocol. So definitely some some injuries at linebacker to, to keep an eye on. And then, unfortunately, these rookie cornerbacks, again, hit with injuries. Juju Brents had a hamstring injury that popped up last week. Again, tweaked that hamstring. So you're hoping he's available for week one, but it's getting kind of close there. And Darius Rush also not practicing with an undisclosed injury. So some heavy hitters on that injury list. Thankfully, the Colts, again, have have still over a week and a half before they play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So hoping to get a lot of those guys back so the Colts can be close to full strength for week one. Yeah, and you know, you don't want to have your defensive back room, which is already young and might need some depth depleted when you have to face Zay Jones, 
Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. So the Colts, luckily, like you said, they've got time to either continue to sign people or just to get those two right back to square one with their health. Exactly. And then the final bit of news that came out, honestly, right before or just a little bit before we came on live tonight, former Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers Sr. Uh, was signed by the Philadelphia Eagles today and placed on the suspended list. So Isaiah Rogers Sr. is still serving that that uh that full year suspension for betting on NFL games. He will serve that this year, but as long as he is reinstated by the league next year, Isaiah Rogers senior will be suiting up with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2024. And he gets another shot in the NFL. Boy, I'll tell you the fact that if the fact that he has a chance to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, that's scary because that guy's got a lot of potential. And look, I know he's screwed up. I know he's not a Colt anymore. I wish him the best. I hope that he figures everything out. I hope that he has a prosperous and long NFL career. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Good for Isaiah Rogers. And maybe uh, maybe just take a little bit of time to kind of let this all sink in, come back stronger than ever. Yeah, Isaiah Rogers Sr. I want to. I'm, I, we said this at the time, but I want to re. I want to reiterate this. He is not a bad person. I mean, no, he's a he's no. a good he's a good kid and a kid that works his butt off uh, to get to where he is. So I, I'm happy that he he's very remorseful for what he did, and I'm happy he's able to get a second chance in the NFL. And and I hope he makes the most of that second opportunity. So that's our show. Delete your sports betting app. Yeah, delete your sports <laughs> betting app, that's for sure. But that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. We had an incredible amount of live viewers. I think we topped out at over 135 live viewers at once tonight, which is absolutely incredible. You guys are absolutely rocking it out. I can't. There's so many t uh, comments in the chat that I can't even highlight uh, or, or shout out to most of you guys. Uh, we'll give a shout out to our two super chats, my wife, Danielle Moore, and Lawrence Stogner for the super chats tonight. Uh, you guys really make this fun. And going into a very exciting cult season, we hope you come back and join us every week and come along for the ride as we dive into every aspect of Colts football all season long. So Please, if you haven't done so already, follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on Twitter and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show on Wednesdays, so you never miss an episode. And then if you cannot catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, Drake and I are on there as well for the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. So please subscribe, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us reach other Colts fans just like you. So Drake, I mean, we've all been just grinding hard at work to bring you guys every bit of Colts content we can to keep you up to date on HorseshoeHuddle.com. Please, Drake, go ahead and tell the people what they can find on HorseshoeHuddle.com that you've written. Well, the Colts made us do a lot of work today, so I'll keep it to two <laughs> pieces only. Uh, the JT situation and, and how he's likely to be traded based off of Ian Rappaport's breaking news on the Pat McAfee show. Go check out my uh, my take on that. But I did a personal piece where I said, could the Anthony Richardson and Evan Hall quarterback-running back combination theoretically work in Indianapolis? Drake has been absolutely killing it. Please go check out all of his work on horseshoehuddle.com. For myself, I have a piece, I had a piece come out on Friday about Anthony Richardson and how he is going to make offense fun again 
in Indianapolis. Uh, it And we've already seen that in the preseason. That's going to expand once we get into the regular season. And then today, I dropped my 53-man roster prediction. So every position group from number one, Anthony Richardson, to number 53 in Luke Rhodes, the long snapper, go check out every player I have making the final cut on the Colts roster by tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. So you can check out those pieces and all the other work by the great writers at horseshoehuddle.com. You can follow Drake on Twitter or X at DWalsterDrake. You can follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL, and we will be back Thursday night, unless there is a Jonathan Taylor trade. If there is a Jonathan Taylor trade, we will be back here live tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern. But if not, you can catch us on the Horseshoe Huddle Halftime, our audio-only episode on Wednesday. And our next live show will be Thursday night to talk more Colts football with you all. So until then, enjoy your week and enjoy your evening, Colts fans.